evening, let us start uh, uh, from the seventh verse and uh, read each verse. Uh, try to explain a little bit what the verse is about and and uh, what we could do with that verse uh, in our lives and how it could uh, we could uh, be better in our service to our heavenly Father. Verse seven, he said, "Now I pray to God that you." do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable, though we may seem disqualified. So the Apostle Paul here is uh, in uh, closing of uh, the last closing lines of his uh, letter here. He's encouraging the Corinthian brethren to cease from sin, to turn away from the sinful things that have played them so uh, much in their lives there at Corinth, and he's, and he says there that uh, if they if they had been innocent of those things, he would have had no occasion uh, to be right or to blame or to condemn them of sin. So, uh, so he says here that uh, he pleads with them, he prays to the uh, to God that that they would do no evil, that they would cease from that sin. He said that they are to do what is honorable, and uh, the old King James says to be honest. So Paul is asking them to turn away from sin and to, be, to do those things that are good, those things that are righteous, those things that are honorable in the sight of his heavenly Father. And uh, I kind of get the uh, one of the thoughts that I had in mind when I read this. It seemed to me like he's trying... He's challenging them uh, to prove him to be wrong, to change their ways, to turn away from the sinful things and uh, so that he would not have this occasion to write these things to him anymore. So he's uh, encouraging the, uh, the Corinthians there to turn away uh, from, to renounce sinful practices, whatever that they might be, and we know that as we studied through uh, the letters of Corinth there, that, uh, that uh, they had quite a few problems and uh, that would cause them to fail. So uh, discipline was needed in the lives of the Corinthian brethren there. In 1 Corinthians 9 and uh, verses uh, 25 through 27, he says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be become disqualified. So Paul is a... a Re, uh, giving them an example there of those that um, that were running the, that was a race and he said people are uh, when they run a race when they train for a race they are temperate in all things or in other words that uh, they control they use a lot of self-control in their preparation for a uh, for a race like that and uh, he's saying that you are 
determine that you want to get a crown, uh, an imperishable crown, a crown of life that would last forever. But he says that we have to be temperate. We have to use self-control in order to be able to accomplish that. So he says there in the 27th verse, he says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So even the Apostle Paul, he realized that he was, uh, even though that he was an apostle, uh, he realized that, that he sinned. He fell short of uh, the glory that God would have for him uh, to do. But he says, I discipline my body. And so he's exercising that control in his life. And I think the uh, one of the big things that we can get out of this verse is that we have to discipline ourselves. We have to be able to, uh, to exercise control, bring our thoughts, uh, our motives, uh, our likes and dislikes, bring all of these things into subjection and uh, to where we can uh, discipline ourselves, where we can train ourselves uh, to do those things that are right in the sight of our Heavenly Father. So uh, Paul here, he's <coughs> he had a prayer for them that uh, <coughs> that they, uh, for them, that they would do no evil. There's two types of sins that uh, the Corinthians, that they could have uh, taken. One is a, a, is a print as a sin of commission or when we do or we go beyond what we're uh, told not to do. In uh, 1 John 3 and 4, it said, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Lawlessness just means uh, breaking a law or going beyond. So when God tells us not to do something, uh, and we go ahead and we do it anyway, uh, that is a sin, and that is going beyond uh, what we God has told us not to do. But then there's also a sin of omission as well that can plague us. In uh, James 4 and verse 17, he said, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. So uh, if we know something, if we have been trained, if we have been taught, we know what uh, God's uh, will for us is and what we ought to be doing, and we do not, and we begin to slack, and we, do, we don't discipline ourselves to do those things that the Lord has t uh, told us to do, and then we are sinning then by not using the talents that he has given us, by not doing the things that he has uh, uh, would bid for us to do. In uh, Philippians, the uh, first chapter, verses 9 through 11, he said, In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ and to the glory and the, the praise of God. So <clears throat> he's uh, encouraging uh, the, uh, when 
Paul wrote the letter to Philippi there, he said that we could approve the things that are excellent. If we are going to discipline ourselves to do what is right, we have to know what is right. We have to know what is excellent. So, and then we have to make the conscious decision that we are going to approve those things, that we are going to do those things. And uh, had the Corinthian church, had they have done that, uh, they would not have fallen prey to some of the things that they were doing. And he says here that when in, do, in the process of doing that, they will be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. So when we follow Christ's pattern, and those are the things that are excellent, and when we do those things that are excellent, the things that we see and know of in Christ, then and and we'll be filled with the fruits of righteousness, and uh, we'll we will be disciplining ourselves to the point that we're not going to fall prey to those sinful things that come upon us. He says, and also in the verse nine there, that he wants us to do what is honorable, and. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> Peter was writing to the Jewish brethren there in uh, 1 Peter 2 and in verse 12. He said, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So if we, Paul is asking them to, do that which is honorable, to do that which is upright. And uh, Peter says that if we do that, he said, even though people might uh, speak against us as an evildoer, but when they see our good works, when we see us doing those things that the Lord has bidden us, bid us to do, and we are disciplining ourselves, we are uh, causing our lives to reflect what the will of God is and when they see these things he said uh, these good works that we do that they will glorify God in the day of visitation so it's important then uh, I think that uh, that as Christians that uh, we have to be very careful that we do not fall prey to these things but always use this discipline in our lives Titus and another brother were taking alms uh, to the Macedonian churches and in 2 Corinthians 8 and 21, it said that they were providing honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but in the sight of men. So uh, they were uh, provide, providing, they were doing those things that were honorable, not just in the sight of the Lord, but in the sight of men. And they were living, uh, they were being a good uh, example of of what was uh, uh, bidden for them to do. So it, it comes down to this, that uh, by, being, by using discipline in our lives, we can be a good example of the faith that we have. And to do so, we have to have the right kind of a heart uh, to be able to discipline ourselves. In Philippians 4 and in verse 8, he said, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 
So Paul has told them to do the things that are honorable. And uh, uh, so to be able to do that, we have to, uh, in the process of disciplining ourselves, our heart has to be in the right place. We have to be thinking about the right things. And uh, Paul here is saying that if we do those things that are noble, that are just, that are pure, the, the things that are lovely, of good report, he said if we're thinking about these things, it's going to be uh, much easier for us to be a good example uh, to others around us. And if we think about these things, it will become so much more easy uh, for us to, uh, to do those honorable things in the sight of others. And then he goes on in verse 8. He said, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Understand here that the Apostle Paul, that uh, he was guided by the Holy Spirit, and he was to promote, to teach, uh, to uphold God's word, uh, God's will, and uh, the difference between right and wrong, and uh, to be a pattern. And Paul was inspired uh, to, to teach those things, and he said he could do nothing against the truth. And the things that he taught were true, and they were right in the sight of our Heavenly Father. Today, uh, as Christians, uh, there are many people that, uh, that do things against the truth. They uh, do not follow the Word of God, what it says. But uh, we have to use those inspired words. Paul was inspired, and he gave us the words, the direction of God. And so it's important for us as uh, God's children that, uh, that we follow in, the, in those words that uh, Paul and the other apostles have given to us. So Paul was guided by the Holy Spirit to deliver a body of truth and uh, that was to be taught, that was to be followed in all of the churches of Christ everywhere. And today, uh, how do we know how to live? How do we know what to do is right? How do we know what is wrong? what is pleasing to God. And it's because of the inspired word that the apostles have given us. As long as we're a student of that word, as long as we have this desire uh, to read uh, and to study God's word and to understand what it uh, says, uh, then <coughs> we, can, uh, uh, we can do what, the he what our Heavenly Father would bid us to do. So. But we have to be very careful that we do not try to alter that inspired word of God. We have to follow the truth that Paul has laid out, uh, that Peter has laid out, that others have laid out. We have to follow that truth and that pattern in all things. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, he said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped <coughs> for every good work. So this inspired word of God gives us the instruction that we need, he says here, to, to reprove ourselves, to correct the things that are, that are wrong, uh, to learn, uh, to be instructed in the ways of righteousness, that we may be complete, that we can... Oftentimes, sometimes that's uh, as, as perfect. Uh, or in other words, that we uh, are doing 
completely what the Lord would have us to do. And uh, so we can see how very important for us to study the Bible. It would be impossible uh, for us to use the type of discipline that Paul would have us to have in our life if we are not uh, a student and uh, to love to, uh, to read and to study that word of God. Romans 15 and verse 4, he said, Whatsoever things are written before were written for our learning that through we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So these things were written for our learning and again, uh, if they were uh, written for our learning, then it behooves us as God's children to be students of that, to learn and to, to, to take up that word. And he says that, uh, the, that uh, th- through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. And uh, when we read the scriptures and when we study the scriptures, when we try to learn uh, what is right uh, in the sight of our Heavenly Father, it should provide for us patience and, uh, and comfort. And we ought to receive a great comfort from the study of God's word. This is, a, is something that uh, it's kind of a down payment on the hope that we have, if you will. And so we need to, uh, to, to have this love for God's word. And if, if we don't have uh, 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 the, uh, the patience and the comfort and the study of God's word, then we won't have any hope of eternal life. So it's very, uh, God's word is so very important then. The truth of God's word is uh, very important to us. In uh, the ninth verse, he said, For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this also we pray that you may be made complete. So there's that word complete again. So uh, Paul here, uh, is uh, his prayer here that they would be perfect and uh, he, that he would be happy, he would be satisfied uh, if they were walking in the truth, if they were obedient to that truth, and uh, they could become perfect uh, or complete, if you will, uh, always striving to be perfect or complete in the character and the life that we show to those around us. So Paul said he was uh, happy here uh, when they were strong. And I think uh, what, it, what I can understand from this is that when he talks about them being strong is that they were doing what was right in the sight of our Heavenly Father, doing those things that were according to his will. And uh, if they were doing those things, that, uh, that uh, Paul had taught them that they must do, then indeed Paul would be very happy. So they ought to be strong in the spirit, strong in faith, strong in love, and strong in the, the grace that God has uh, blessed us with. So Paul's desire was a Christ, uh, for the Corinthians then was that they would be complete. And, uh, or the King James ver- Version, not... I think said uh, perfection. So uh, we have to endeavor to do that then. So it's we have to make that conscious decision that uh, 
that we're going to uh, to do those things that God would uh, bid us to do and uh, to do those things that are correct in the sight of our Heavenly Father. Hebrews 13, verses uh, 20 and 21. Read that from the uh, ESB version Bible. He says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So he's saying here that we should be equipped with everything that is good that we can do his will. So when he talks about uh, being perfect then, when he talks about being complete, uh, we have to be equipped with everything that is good. And the way that we know what is good, again, it just goes back to the study of the scriptures. And as long as we know what is good, then we are equipped with the things that are necessary that we can become complete, that we can become uh, perfect, if you will, as a Christian. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 15. <coughs> He says, not, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold in me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything else you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. So Paul's even saying here that he's not perfect, that he still sins, that he still has uh, things that, that are in, that in, in his life that, that are difficult for him. But he said, I press on. And that word press there is, uh, shows a, a lot of action, a, a lot of determination. He said in the 14th verse, he said, I press towards the goal for the prize. And uh, so it's, it's, it's important that we stress this in our life, this uh, pressing towards, pressing on, and, uh, and not let those things, even though we haven't attained that, perfection we have to constantly try to grow in such a manner that we can attain that perfection uh, uh, that uh, the Lord would have us to that completeness that the Lord would have us to do so he's but Paul says I press on and when I think about that uh, the word press there I think about uh, Kansas Jayhawks and the full court press that they can run. And if you ever watch them run, when they press the other team, when they really put the effort into it, they really make a difference. And I think that if, that if we press, if we put that type of a press on God's word, that, uh, that type of a stress and uh, attention to it, I think that, uh, that we would do much better as uh, the children of God. In Colossians 1, verse 28, he said, 
Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So this was uh, <coughs> Paul's full court press, if you would, uh, to, so to speak, that, uh, that he would preach the gospel, he would warn people, uh, warn Christians of those things that they were doing wrong, that he would teach them the, the will of God and in, in all wisdom. And in the process of doing so, uh, present every man perfect or complete in Christ Jesus. So we have to, to press on, even though we've not attained it, uh, we still have to exercise that discipline and uh, that determination that we are going to do what the Lord would bid us to do in the life. The 10th verse, he said, Therefore, uh, these things, being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. <coughs> so, <coughs> Uh, this is the reason that uh, Paul was writing this letter here was that uh, being absent, that, uh, that when he got there, if he was able to go to see the Corinthians again, that he would not have to use sharpness. Paul wanted to be able to go to Corinth and uh, as a, uh, to be gentle to him and because that they had changed, that they had corrected those things, that they had developed this discipline uh, to do those things that were right in the sight of the Heavenly Father. And he said that the, the Lord gave him that so that he could edify, that he could build up and uh, not to destroy. But uh, Paul's purpose was the same purpose that uh, Christ had was to save souls. And uh, that, was his, that, that was his determination. Paul charged the, uh, t uh, Titus there, when he was dealing with the uh, Cretans there in uh, Titus 1 and verse 13, he said, this testimony is true. Uh, therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Sometimes you have to be sharp. Sometimes you have to use, uh, uh, be very uh, strong, if you will, uh, very blunt, very sharp. Uh, that uh, that people can be sound in the faith. But hopefully that uh, through just the teaching and good common sense reasoning that uh, that would not be necessary. And so we, uh, as Christians, we should uh, always look to ourselves and, and try to be that type of a person that... Uh, uh, an elder or uh, an evangelist that they wouldn't have to rebuke us sharply and I don't think uh, any elder would want to do that I don't think any evangelist would want to do that and uh, they would rather have us to read the scripture know what it is and do it and then they can come in gentleness so I think that's what uh, Paul here is trying to stress there <coughs> <clears throat> at this time he gave the Corinthians a choice in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 21 he said what do you want shall I come to you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of gentleness and uh, I think that's a, a that's a good question there and it's a good question for us today too you know 
to know that someday that we are going to stand uh, before our Heavenly Father and uh, we're going to have to give an account of ourselves. And, uh, you know, I was uh, when I was thinking of this, I remembered the, the story there of, of the, uh, the, the, the parable of the talents there. You know, there was uh, the two-talent man, the five-talent man. Uh, when this uh, uh, Lord, uh, this landowner, when he came to those, uh, when those two men, he said, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And he was able to congratulate them. And, uh, but to the one-talent man, uh, he did just the opposite. And he took his, and he called him a wicked, I think, a wicked and slothful servant. And uh, so, uh, uh, so the, the, the thing is here that uh, we should ask ourselves that uh, someday that we know that we're going to stand before our Heavenly Father and we want to have that, uh, that uh, have the Lord to say to us, you know, well done, uh, good and faithful servant, that we had done what the Lord would have us to do. And uh, so we can stand before him and uh, him be gentle with us and uh, not have to use that rod of, uh, of correction. So these are the thoughts that I had. And, and Paul, I think, was trying to, uh, uh, in all of his letters, as difficult as they are, he was uh, uh, trying to encourage the Corinthians to discipline themselves and to just to know what is right, turn away from what is wrong, and all of the problems that they have would be solved. We have an invitation song at this time. If someone here has a matter that they want to bring before the congregation, we bid you to come.